That was a dream that God gave Joseph when he was a teenager. And he went out to tell his brothers, and they didn't think very highly of it. Actually, they were plotting, the story says, to, to kill him. They were waiting for him one day as he was coming from the home to bring some stuff, some things in the field, and they were plotting as brothers to kill him, to murder him. But because it was a God dream, God intervened in a unique way as they were plotting to kill him and put him in one of the pits that they were working in. God, miraculously, uh, an Egyptian slave trader came out into the field, into the horizon, and the brothers changed their mind and said, well, let's not kill him, we'll just sell him to these slave traders, which they did. And Joseph ended up as a slave in Egypt, and he was purchased from the slave traders by the pharaoh, Potiphar. And that's the story we read this morning. But I want us to talk this morning about God dreams. You say, but I don't know if though, I, I don't think that happens much anymore. I don't think that God really gives us dreams. Well, let me show you a couple of passages of Scripture that doesn't work. Oh. Joel 2, 28 and 29. Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. It actually starts after this. And so that's Old Testament stuff. But what about the New Testament? Acts chapter 2, after the pouring out of God's Holy Spirit upon uh, his church and his movement. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your monk, young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. I want to say to you this morning that I do not believe that God has left the business of giving dreams to his church. I believe he gives them corporately, and I believe he gives them individually. And I believe Thornhill Baptist Church is in that process. I believe that our leaders have been given a spiritual vision, a dream they have, a dream that God showed them through many months of discussions of what would TPC look like spiritually? And we've had it in our corner by the cross now for, for months. That's a dream. That's a vision. But it's also a passion. Sometimes when we think of dreams, that's exactly what we think of. But dreams are not just that kind of nightmarish thing you get. Dreams ignite within you a passion for something. I talked about a few new ministries in our church this morning. They started because of two people dreaming for God. Dreaming that God would use them to do something. Just as he did with Joseph. And I want to share with you this morning, don't give up 
on your dreams, even when people might be opposed to it. Normally when we have a God dream, someone else goes to work. You know who that is, right? As soon as you get a dream from God, old Slewfoot goes into action. And he finds ways even to use us to oppose the dream of others. We don't understand it. We're afraid of it. We don't know what to do with it. Did Joseph face opposition? Of course he did. But when he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come, come bow ourselves to the ground before you? Was that Joseph's intent? That wasn't in his intent. But that's the way it was interpreted by those around him. And they wanted no part of it. The brothers say they saw him from afar and before he came near to them they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come on, let us kill and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that the fierce animal, fierce animal has devoured him and we will see what we will, and then we will see what will become of this dreamer. I've had a dream. I had a dream. I had a dream when I was maybe seven or eight years old. I didn't really realize it was a dream at the time. I thought it was just a wish. And today that dream is being fulfilled before my very eyes. The dream I had when I was seven before I even became a believer is that I would be able to speak to hundreds of people. That was my boy dream. I thought I was going to be a politician because I actually thought that's, those are the kind of people that get to speak to hundreds of people. And so for many years as I was a young lad, I actually thought I would become a politician. I have to tell you, I tried. I actually did. I ran in Saskatchewan for the Saskatchewan party against Linda Haverstock, who completely destroyed me and my self-esteem, but it was fun. But here I am today that God called me when I was 35 years old to come and be an evangelist, a pastor. And so standing before you today is a boy who had a dream. I didn't realize it at the time that it was a God dream, but I began to realize it when I became a believer. You need to know that there were a lot of people who didn't think that was a good thing for me, especially those I hung out with at the time. Don't give up on your dream. Even when those around you might oppose you, 
Stick to it. Don't give up on your dream when it takes a long time to realize. 20, oh, plus 20 years from the time Joseph received the two dreams from God and he was able to save people's lives by the hundreds of thousands. Long time to see it happen. 1958, I believe. Somebody correct me when this church started. 53. The men and women who are the founding members of this church, guess what they had? They had a dream. They were German immigrants coming to a brand new country. And they had a dream that God had rescued them for a purpose. And they started this church. I'm sure there was a lot of opposition at the time. I'm sure they thought it took a long time to get this thing going. But they stayed with it. And we are here today because they had that dream. Oh, where am I? I got a little out of order. Don't stop if you get the setbacks. I already said that, so I'm cool. I got it together. Those are the three indelible footprints from the story. Don't let go of your dreams. But I need to ask you, do you have a dream? Do you have a dream for God? Has God laid something on your heart that's really a dream? I'd like to do this. You see, we have a corporate dream with our, our elders have laid out our corporate dream. But the pillars of making that dream happen come from individual dreams and passions. I cannot tell you how excited I am about where this church is going to be. I'm actually beginning to see the fog lift and see a sense. And I've got to tell you, it's pretty exciting. It's a pretty exciting place God is taking us. And so the indelible steps of, of being a dreamer is don't give up on it. But also from, from Joseph's own words, we find some other, three other indelible steps that are come, God will always be with you. I've got to start giving this to these guys up there, but I, I don't have confidence. I've got to get out of the words. I've got to get out of the boat. I've got to kind of throw this thing out of the boat. But Joseph's words tell us God is always with us. God is always with you. When you have a God dream, you are not alone in the dream. He is always with you, no matter what. Look at these verses. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. 
right after he was traded as a slave, he became successful because God was with him. He was sold as a slave. He was bought by Potiphar, the pharaoh, and he became overseer of the castle because the pharaoh saw something in him. And then when he's in jail, the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made him succeed. He was thrown into prison. No parole, no time off for good behavior. He was thrown in for the rest of his life. But the Bible says while he was in prison, he got to be the head jailer. He got to actually oversee the prison. When we have a dream, Joseph is telling us, remember when you have that dream that God is with you every step of the way. Even when you're down in the valleys. I'm not sure that Joseph fully realized at that time that he could say, God is with me. But it, he sees the end of the story. And God was with him. And the second thing we see, God will develop us during the down times. God will develop us during the down times. Think about your own life. Think about... Uh, when you're on the top of the hill. Things are going good. Oh yes, and you, you praise God, you thank God, and you rejoice in where you are. But at that point in time, I'm not sure God is doing any development. But think when you're down in the valley, then you cry out to God. You cry out to God. And that's when God begins to develop us. He develops us when we're in the valley. Sometimes it's a long valley. Twenty years for Joseph. That's a big valley. But God was developing him to become the person he wanted him to be. When you have a dream for God, sometimes you slip into the valley. It's taking too long. There's too much opposition. The question you have to ask yourself when you're in the valley, do I want to give up? Or can you recognize that God is working on you? I was in a 10-year valley. From the time I left my position as National Director for Youth for Christ until Pastor Ken got ill. I was in a valley. The heart of a pastor, a passion for the church, and I was driving truck. I love driving truck. but I can't speak to too many people behind the steering wheel. I'd lost sight of that little boy's dream. 
And while I was there in that 10 years, I cried out to God. I cried out to God and I said, are you finished with me? Is this, is this it for me? All along the way, I cried out. And now I'm here. The valley was long. But I assure you, I came out of the valley a much different person than I went in the valley. I would like to go back to year one of my pastorate now after going through the valleys. Oh, I'd like to get back to Herbert. Would I give it to them Mennonites? Because God developed me and continues to develop us. And I want to say to you, my senior citizens, look at them all looking at me back there. God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you. There are things that he still has for us. Catch a dream for God. Ask him for a dream. He'll give it to you. We have not because we ask not. We have so little, we have such limited expectations of God. I expect you to have a dream because the Word of God says young men and old men have dreams and visions. And he just doesn't mean that for way back then. He means now. Having a dream for God. Third thing, third footstep I see, God will finish what he started. We have seen, you have seen, many changes in this church over many years. And I'm sure you've had discussions about are we going on the downslide now and we're just about getting ready to close the door? Those discussions take place. Just like persons' lives, churches can go into the valley from time to time. But God is not finished with Thornhill. God is going to take us forward. He's going to give us a dream again. He's already giving it to people like Christine and Anna and Dana and Ross. Those are dreams they have. And they're part of this, our big dream. I close with this. Can we dream again? Can we expect God to do mighty things with us? Do we have that expectation in our heart? I read this story of a great swimmer. She, was, uh, she had swam the the English Channel back and forth in one go. She was a great long-distance swimmer. 
And she started out one late Friday evening to swim from the Catalina Island to the coast of California. I don't know how long it was, but it was longer than both sides of the English Channel. And a fog set in halfway through her trip. And she started to get discouraged. And she, uh, it wasn't because of, of her strength, it wasn't because of her energy, it wasn't because of her, 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 boat that her boat that guided with her were shooting sharks with a rifle around her. It was the fog. She couldn't see the land. And so she, she eventually asked her, uh, her team to take her out of the water one half a kilometer from the shore. She couldn't see the land. The fog was there. I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, let us be careful. Let us be careful that we don't let Satan put a fog across the eyes of Thornhill so that we can't see where God is going to take us. And when the fog is there, let's keep going because we know the land is on the other side. This is a strange time to be an evangelical church. This is a strange time to be an evangelical church. But God is not done with us. And that means he's going to give us new dreams, new direction, and new changes. May God, in his mercy and love, give us all a little portion of that dream, our portion, where we need to go. And then let's not lose it. Let's not lose it. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your love and for your care. And I thank you, Father, for the way that you are, you are bringing Thornhill into a new place. I thank you for the, the history and the past leaders who have got us to where we are and how they have walked through their dreams and their struggles. But now, Father, we, I sense there's, there's a new push for us to move forward. Holy Spirit, teach us. Help us to listen to you. Help us to set time aside just to listen and hear your voice. And then, Father, would you give us dreams? Give our young men visions. Give our young ladies visions. Give us old guys and old ladies dreams. May we move forward with such love, Holy Father, for we just surrender ourselves once again and afresh and anew, we surrender ourselves as dreamers. In Jesus' name, amen.